Hey, I'm Ben Ramos, and I get the privilege of serving here as the senior pastor. We are a church all about the authentic power of God coupled with sound theology, because God's given us his inerrant, infallible word, and in it, he calls us to be people who are filled by his Holy Spirit, people who are empowered by his Holy Spirit, and people who are led by his Holy Spirit. As a local congregation, God's called us to help people take steps in their relationship with Jesus, to see them rise from death to life and glory to glory. I just want to thank you guys so much for joining us today. I truly pray and I hope that this message would be an encouragement to you and your life that it would help you to recognize that the mission field is all around you and that it would help you to take steps in your relationship with Jesus. Be blessed. Pastor Dave, if you would go ahead and come on up here. Pastor Dave Shaner is getting going to get into the word with us this morning. This, this man has meant so much to me in this season. The, the support he's given, the prophetic words that you've shared, the faithfulness in your friendship with you and your family. And um, I'm just grateful. I'm grateful for all you are to our family. And I'm excited for you to get to share with the church this morning. So would you guys please welcome Pastor Dave Shaner. Hi. Can I have this? Please. Thanks. I'm, I'm sorry, I can't do the round podium. It's, it just feels wrong. Spiritually, it feels wrong. Like I just, just something's not right. Can you guys hear me okay? I mean, I sound fine to myself, but... I just, I want, I want you guys to, thank you. Thank you. All right, man. It's, it's been a while. Like I look around and I see, hi, I see a lot of uh, faces I don't recognize. I see probably too many that I do. And uh, you know who you are, but you know why I'm looking at you. No, um, I don't get to come here very often. I work at night. I work on the weekends. I got off work at 7.30 this morning. Uh, normally, I'm sleeping right now. But uh, I'm making a huge sacrifice for you guys <laughs> to be here. This is, I appreciate that, that applause. You know, it's nice when people see you suffering for the kingdom. Um, it's really a feather in your heavenly cap. So, thanks. <laughs> thanks. Um, I'm going to pray real quick. Lord Jesus, uh, God, I'm just, I'm, I'm seriously humbled by being here right now. And Lord, I just ask that you would speak through me. You would speak your words. Uh, you would say what you need to say to every person here, God. Lord, that everybody 
Everybody who came in those doors today, God, that there was an expectation in their heart that they were going to encounter you today in, in one way or another, God, and you knew exactly what that encounter needed to look like. And so, Father, if this can be any part of that, God, you doing that, uh, you just just do your thing, God. And if I, you, you just guide me and tell me to shut up if I need to. I, I hear that a lot from you. So in your name, Jesus, amen. I feel kind of led, like this isn't actually part of my message, but Ben encouraged me to, to be praying throughout worship and to, and to kind of, you know, try to listen to God, which is a good thing for all of us to, to try to do, right? Um, you probably heard that before. And he was like, just listen. If you, and you know, if you, if you hear something, we've been kind of stepping forward in this, this idea of going and, and being prophetic or just listening to God and sharing that. And uh, I, and this may just be for me, I don't know, but there's kind of a sense lately in, in the Christian body as a whole that there's just this like fear, that in some ways we've become like a people of fear, where once Christians were like the cutting edge of everything, the cutting edge of science, the cutting edge of art, the cutting edge of uh, you know, scholarly work, like, like we were it. And then something happened and we kind of started getting like, the only word that comes to mind is inbred, which is kind of a weird word to use there, but I'm going to stick with it because I can't think of a different one. So, but, but we started being like, oh, I got to protect, I got to protect my stuff. I, oh man, I, they're teaching evolution now. Oh my gosh, okay, I can't, I can't send my kids to that school. And, and that's, that's fine, you know. But it's like the fear, is, the fear is, not, is not fine. And that's just one example, right? Sorry if that made anyone mad. I, I don't know. Like I said, that was the only one that came to mind right then. But, but we become just, we're, we're afraid. We're so afraid of the world. And we just keep pulling back and we keep pulling back. And, and we're just losing this bridge to tell people about Jesus. And there's a good fear and there's a bad fear because there's the fear that like, you know, when you're at Yellowstone and you're like, man, I shouldn't jump into that pot. Like that's a good fear, right? That's like the fear that keeps humans alive. You know, maybe I shouldn't stand that close to the cliff. Like that's a good fear, right? The fight or flight thing. Like, yeah, you should nurture that and you should like pay attention to that and listen to it. But I think our response as Christians to fear and the fear you're feeling, and it could be anything, man. It could be like, you know, are you afraid of what's going to happen with the election? I know a lot of people who are. Are you afraid of, uh, you know, if something happening with your kids right now? Are you afraid because of bills? Are you afraid because of sin? Are you afraid because of God's judgment or, or whatever? Like these fears that the response of a person who loves Jesus to fear should not be flight. It should be fight. And the fight for us is surrender. Does that make sense? And so when that fear hits, it's okay to feel fear. You're not weak because you feel fear. So when that hits... That's when you, call, you cry out to Jesus. 
And the fight for us isn't, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to take this on on my own. And sometimes you do that. Sometimes you have to fight on your own. You know, like if it's, you made a big stupid mistake and you actually have the power to fix it, go, go fix your mistake. But when it's something that you can't, you can't fix, then you surrender, right? Okay, that had absolutely nothing to do with what I'm going to talk about today. Maybe it'll tie in. Who knows? Who, gosh, who knows? I don't even know. Okay, so let's get to it. Is that okay? Sorry about that segue. Everyone's still okay? If you want to leave now, if you're like, I got my fill. I mean, that was not filling. I know it wasn't. But if you're like tired of hearing me already, you can go. I'm not going to be offended. It's happened before. Trust me. Okay. Right, honey? Yeah, for sure. Okay. So... Uh, yeah, I've, I've, gosh, we've come to this church. How long have we been here? Like 15 years. I think I moved here in 2003. Um, I came from the Seattle area. It was kind of like leaving Egypt. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was a really nice place. It was, it was okay. It was green, man. It was so green. I remember when we moved into Pocatello and it was September and we're driving past the Simplot plant, and we just literally had just come from like the green of Washington. And I was like, Dad, turn around. We have got to get out of here. This, the Lord did not bring us here. And uh, I was wrong, as usual. He did. He brought us there. Um, anyway, so uh, we've been coming here for a long time, 15, 17 years, um, somewhere around there. I don't know. And uh, I've been the youth pastor on and off as, as my schedule has permitted me. I've been on this schedule now for about a year. Uh, I don't know if I'll be on it much longer. It's, who knows? I might be on it forever. But I hope not, because I'd like to be here more, more than I am right now. But the message I'm going to bring you to you today is an echo of a message that I uh, shared with the youth about nine months ago. And uh, what, what happened is I started thinking about things we did in, you know, like big church here that don't always translate to like youth church. And the thing that, that first came to mind was communion, actually. And I realized, realized I'd never taken communion as a youth, except in like big church. Like we didn't do it in youth church. We didn't do it at a youth group. You just didn't, I don't know why. It was like a thing you did with adults, Right. Like, I don't know. Is that the same for everybody? Did literally everyone here, if you were in youth group, you were like, we do communion every day, Dave. <laughs> like, no, right? It like didn't, you just didn't. I don't know why. And, uh, and, but when we did do communion on, you know, it was always like the first Sunday of every month, right? And like, okay, why do we do communion? Because Jesus said to. It's like one of the two things he said to do or whatever, like, you know, love God, love your neighbor, and do communion until I come. Do this until I return, right? Like, that's in there. And so, like, for me personally, like, I don't really obey God that often. <laughs> but I can do communion once a month, right? Like, I can punch that card. Communion, and I didn't make any graven images today, Lord. I kept the second commandment. You know what I mean? Like, I can punch that card. I can feel pretty good about myself. And that was it. Like, okay, you know, eat the bread, the cracker. You know, it was always weird when someone like made that like super dense homemade loaf, you know, and you're like, can I just have a saltine? 
I mean, Lord, this is your body. And I, I don't think I can digest this. You know, like, am I the only one who thinks this way? I don't know. I'm so sorry. I'm kind of like, we had a crazy, crazy night last night. I'm still, I'm kind of like hopped up on caffeine and adrenaline still. It was, it was wild. Um, anyway, so uh, communion once a month. It's easy, you know, unless you're the guy who has to use that weird little cup to fill the little tiny cups. That thing's awful. That, that's like an extra room in heaven. I don't know. I, that's suffering for the kingdom. But so we took communion as a youth group, and it was awesome. It was, it was really powerful. It was really, it was really special. And as I was preparing for this week, um, God was like, that's, that's what you're going to talk about. You're going to talk about this, and you're going to take communion. And I'm like, God, it is not the first Sunday of the month. <laughs> Do you have any idea what's going to happen to me when I tell people they're probably going to have to take communion two weeks in a row because next week is the first Sunday of the month? And God assured me it was going to be okay. He said you guys were going to be cool with it. Not, maybe not everybody. He didn't name names. but So I think you're going to be all right. Um, so we're going to take communion today, but, but we're going to talk a little bit before then. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. In the mean, before we do that, we're going to talk about something else. And anyone who's ever heard me preach knows that like, it always comes back around. So we're going to end with communion, but first we're going to kind of take what seems like a tangent, but it's related. Okay, so you just got to stick with me. Sometimes the tangent's like clear, and sometimes, like, sometimes when I talk to my wife about the tangent I'm going to take, like in her wisdom and like really constructive criticism, she's like... That's really stupid. <laughs> but this time, I don't think this one's stupid. I think this one's going to be okay. Um, she's really nice. Okay. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Like when someone does give you constructive criticism and you just, it just makes you so mad. And they're even like saying it to you like nicely. And you're like, do you even know me? Like, hey, yeah. <laughs> That's not what happened, okay? I, I heard that happens to people. I'm like, no. I'm, I'm okay, I love you. All right, so let me set a little context. So the tangent we're going to take today is, uh, is trees. Okay, and I'm telling you, this is going to make sense. It's, this is amazing. I love it. Um, I'm going to set a little context, though. So I don't know if you know this, but after God's, God's, after God, humans, Trees are talked about more than any other living thing in the Bible. More than animals, more than angels. What else is living? I don't know. The rocks might cry out. Talks a lot more about trees than rocks, okay? Stinging rocks. Um, it's kind of amazing. Actually, there's, there's kind of this weird thing where a lot of super pivotal moments in the Bible, there, there's like a tree there, or like a tree's part of it, or it uses imagery, or something like that. It's kind of this interesting thing. Um, but we're going to talk about some trees. And so the first trees we're going to talk about are very near the beginning of the Bible, Genesis 2. And uh, if we can bring up, I, I, there we go. Awesome. Okay. And so this is, this is very close to the beginning of our reality, right? God has created everything. He has uh, finished his creation with the, the crown of creation, mankind. And then it goes to this. 
Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east, in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Then we learn about a bunch of rivers and, and how man's job was to take care of creation and like bring it to its fullest potential. And then God gives him one rule. Can we go to the next slide? And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. Now, like every time I've ever used like these scriptures before, any time I've ever used it, it's just like a preamble to sin and the problem of sin, the fall of man. It's just kind of like setting you know, like setting, setting the tone, I guess, setting the stage for sin and darkness and death. Um, but, but I want to actually talk about the trees for a second because it's kind of a weird thing, right? It's not like something we see in our reality where there's this like these magical trees. It's like a, even the language is very like mythological, it's like the Pandora's box, Sunday school edition. You know, where does evil come from? Well, these trees, you know, uh, right? Like that's kind of the picture here. Um, <laughs> but, but it's so much more than that. It's not just like saying, okay, this is evil and this is, this is man's failure and da, 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 da. I mean, that obviously is a big part of it, but the, it's trying to paint a bigger picture here. And the picture is that Eden... And the, and the idea of Eden and the way the ancient world and the Israelites would have understood Eden is that Eden was like the first tabernacle. It was like the, it was the first temple. It was the first, it was the first church. Okay. And what I mean by that is that Eden was a place where heaven and earth met. Right. I think I heard the word veil a couple times this morning already. Ben said it and Lori said it. Right. And, and Eden was a place where the veil between heaven and earth was very thin. That's the idea. Like you have earth, you have heaven, and there's like this bubble in the middle that's kind of both and neither at the same time. And that's the picture of Eden, where humans could meet with God, right? Like, why do we come here? We come here to meet with God. Correct? That should be like number one of why we come here. I mean... I don't know, maybe it's to meet a future spouse or something like that. Okay, that's number two. That's a second, okay? That's plan B. All right, number one is to meet with God. Okay, but Eden, people met with God face to face, right? The tabernacle face to face, the temple, the high priest met with God face to face. And so this is a picture that's repeated through almost every religion there is, right? Every belief system has its temples, has its high places, has its shrines, stupas, statues, stone circles, right? In, in like Stonehenge, that's a place where pagans would believe like this, the veil of reality is thin here. Something can happen here. It's why cathedrals are so beautiful, right? Like because they're supposed to point you, okay, this isn't just this building. Like it's, it's heavenly in a way. It's why like if you see these giant stupas over in like Nepal, right? They're covered in gold and, and Tonka paintings and these like musical bells and things like that because it's something more than just earth. It's, it's heavenly. And that's Eden. That's this picture here, this, this awe-inspiring, life-giving place um, where heaven met earth. 
I th- you guys have all been nodding this whole time. I, you're getting it. Okay, I probably over-explained it like, probably like five minutes ago. You guys were like, shut up. We understand, okay? <laughs> but, the, but, but we need to understand. We need to understand because in a place like that, that's kind of maybe a little outside reality, there can exist something strange, something that doesn't make 100% sense to our reality, like maybe these two trees that have properties that are not normal, right? So like the first one, the tree of life, it's not like a fountain of youth. It's so much more than that. And the understanding of the tree of life to the Israelites was, was that the power of this tree came from God himself. And so, and this, is, this sounds super weird. And when I first heard it, I was like, uh-huh. But this is literally the idea that when you ate from the tree of life, you were literally consuming God. You were eating God, you were taking him into your body, and he was giving you life. You were taking your sustenance from God's sustenance, from his rule and his reign. Does that make sense? That's a weird thought, right? Like you can just reach up and take your fruit and like, hmm, and you're eating, you're eating God. It's weird, but that's the idea. And that's what we need to understand about the tree of life. But then we have the other tree, right? The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And this tree represents trusting yourself, right? We understand this, being your own master, being your own God, taking your sustenance from your own strength. And so what happens there in the picture here is that though desirable, because we'd all rather just help ourselves, though desirable, you're going to consume yourself to death. And so God is eternal. The tree of life is never going to run out of life. But your tree, you're not inexhaustible. Right? And, and obviously we, we do know what happens. We do go on. We read the next little bit. And we find that mankind is like, well, I'll just handle it myself. And, and it's, it's kind of dumb, you know. It's like God, God literally dumbed this down so much, you know. <laughs> Two trees, dudes. This one will, you will live forever, and this one you will die, you know. And, you're like, and you'd like to think like, I, I could do better, you know. But for like me, I know God would have to be like, tree good, yum, yum, you know, tree bad, icky. And I might make it another day and then I'd be like, is that that tree really icky? Looks pretty good, you know, like, I don't know. But that's, it's true, right? It's true. You know, it's true. You're all like that. You do the same thing. Okay. Like, Like I said, we know what happened. Right, we know what happens. We live in a world where we see what happened literally every day, and this is 2020. So it's like we see it like five times a day. You know, like I I turned off my social media because it was just making me mad every time I opened it up. I'm like, mm, hate you. Don't respect you anymore. Mm, I hate that. Mm. You you guys know what I'm saying, right? Like, it's just it's awful, man. Uh, it's hopeless. 
It really is. Like, like, I hate saying that. Like, you hate saying that as a Christian. Like, that's hopeless. Like, or even like, I hate that guy now. Like, you feel like, man, I probably shouldn't say that. You know, but like, that's how you feel. Like, if you're really honest, or at least that's how I feel. I'll talk for myself. You guys can all confess in your own mind how you feel right now. But that's how I feel. I look at stuff and I'm like, that's hopeless, man. Like, just, just writing people off. Like, yeah, I don't care anymore. I don't care about you. Done. Like, I saw this meme the other day. I love memes. Memes are like my thing now. Because I, I don't like news, so I'll just look at a meme and laugh and I'll feel better, right? And uh, th- I'm, this is not me being political. The only thing more rude than talking about politics is talking about religion. We've already talked about religion. You know, we've, we've crossed that bridge. So politics, I'm doing you a favor if I talk about politics, right? <laughs> no, and this isn't even politics. It was just, it was this meme that reflected how hopeless I felt because it was like, new poll for Americans, 1% voting for Trump, 1% voting for Biden, 98% voting for asteroid to wipe out Earth completely and kill us all. And I'm like, I can identify with this. I love this. You know? <laughs> but, but lately, man, I just, I do, I feel hopeless. I just feel like frustrated and lost and like, God, what the, what the heck is going to happen with our life, you know, with our country, with our world? Like, what, what do we do? And I'm thinking about trees and <laughs> okay. From like four to five thirty in the morning, there's not a lot going on in Idaho Falls. Okay. There's like this magical window where you can just kind of drive around and like think about stuff. And so that's when I think about trees and things like this. Okay. And it's sometimes it's nice and sometimes it's not nice. But as I'm thinking about being hopeless, I'm thinking about trees, I'm thinking about what, what to do, I think about Revelation 22. And if we can pull that up. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. And when you look at Genesis 2 and you look at Revelation 22, you realize that Revelation 22 and what it's talking about is the restoration of Eden, the restoration of this place in the middle where we are face to face with God. The tree of life has become, it's not this tree that you can just eat from. It's a, it, the Bible says the nations come underneath it. The nations are covered by its branches. Ezekiel talks about the river of life. It's like a quarter mile before you get over your ankles. Like that's how deep it is, right? Like you have to walk a quarter mile. It's like half a mile before you even get to your knees. This river is like miles across and this tree is on both sides of it. I don't even know what that means. It's massive. And there's, it's being fed by God himself from the throne of the lamb. 
and it's for the healing of nations. It's for the restoration of everything. There's no more curse. It's over, right? Man, like that's hopeful, man. I'm getting like yeah. excited just thinking about it. And I've read this through like six times. I'm like, I read this before, but I'm right now I'm like, oh yeah, that's amazing. The tree of life restored. It's, it's still there, right? But how does that happen? How did it get there? I want to read this to you. Matthew 26. While they were eating, Jesus took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them. And he said, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Hours after this, Jesus hangs on the tree of life. He hangs on the cross, tortured and crucified, because we just wanted to eat ourselves. We choose our own empty sustenance over and over and over, and we continue to choose it. What we need to understand is that all, all these trees are related, right? They all point to Jesus, okay? There's this, there's this time where Jesus is talking to the Jews, and he says, he, he even says it, he's like, until you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part of me. And everyone's like, what the crap? That's sick. That's cannibalism, JC. What's wrong with you? Right? Even his disciples are like, dude, that's messed up. And like, as a, gosh, man, honestly, until I started thinking about this, every time we talked about like eating, like, you know, this is my body, like eating my flesh and drinking my blood, like this is the blood of Jesus. It was weird. Can I just be honest? It's been weird my whole life. Like, God, I'll do this because you said so, but this is weird, man. Like, how do I tell a non-Christian friend about this? Hey, you want to go eat Jesus? It's going to be awesome. And they're like, you're sick, dude. I'm going to rather go to IHOP or something. I don't know. But the, right? Like all joking aside, it's, it was weird. But then I look at this context and it finally makes sense. The tree of life, you were literally eating God. And when Jesus says, take, eat my flesh, you are saying, I am no longer going to trust on my own strength, but every time I do this, every time I take the bread and the cup, I'm saying, God, you are my sustenance. You are my strength. You are the answer to whatever it is I'm facing in my life. Your rule, your reign, your power. God, I choose you. And when I think about that context, this whole thing takes on such a greater meaning and greater power in my life. Doesn't it? Like, is it just me? Man, when I first learned this, I was like, I love communion. Right? 
It's not just this weird thing that I do once a month. It's like, let's do this together. Like as a body of Christ, let's go. Let's be the body. Let's eat the body. It's weird, but, but I understand it now. And I understand that it's so much more than just this ritual that we do because we do it. It's power, man. It's, it's power every day. I can choose every meal I sit down to, right? Like, why do we pray before a meal? So you don't choke, right? No, <laughs> you pray like, I don't know why I pray before a meal. Cause I grew up doing it. Okay. I pray before a meal. I don't want to die. But now it's like, man, I have a meal in front of me. Why can't this be the body and the blood of Christ? Man, I had a horrible day today. Jesus, God, I need your rule right now. I need your reign in my life. God, I'm going I'm to take my sustenance like this is, this is you. I'm choosing you right now. Right? Man, like when we start to establish that, like that, that pattern, that habit of being so thankful and being, just being intentional about doing something as small as praying over your meal and thinking about it in that context, what a difference that can make. Amen? So let's, let's grab the elements. I don't know how you guys do this now. I haven't been here for, for months. So stand up. Let's form some orderly lines real quick. Just grab the stuff. There's stuff in the back and there's stuff up here. Don't be shy. Can I get... Uh, Can I get a keyboard player up here with some fingers? Thanks. I know, right? (laughs) Preferably 10. I don't know. (laughs) If you have less, it's okay. Oh, I kind of do now. Really? Do I need to like prep it? I figured it. I figured out how to open the liquid. It is. Yeah. I was informed that these take a special skill set to open. So while you're walking back to your seat, if you feel like you need to kind of prep it, go ahead. Yeah, spiritual gift. Lord, I, I need your empowerment right now. Like I, I often, you can stand up, you can sit down, I, I, whatever you want, whatever you feel comfortable with. Um, a lot of times when I, when I share, I kind of get to the application and I'm like, is this good enough? Is this like, is this full enough? Is this something like, I don't know. If, you, if you've ever preached or shared or something like that, you'll, you get it. It's, it's just kind of like, is anyone actually going to take anything away from this, you know, besides me? Am I going to take something away from this? I hope so. You know, it really sucks if I don't. Um, but I think the simple applications are the best, right? Something I can just think about and do easily. And so as I'm sitting here thinking about this, 
and I'm thinking about my life and I'm just kind of looking through it. Like every day that I go to work, uh, I worry sometimes about like what's going to happen to me. What could happen to me? You know, would my kids be okay if something happened to me? But I know Jesus doesn't worry about it. And I know Jesus will always be faithful to my kids. And I worry about, and I, I worry about the future of our world and of our nation. And, and I have to remember that Jesus isn't worried about it. Like, he's, he's a king. Jesus isn't worried about who the president is or who the president's going to be. He doesn't bow to them. Neither do I. I'll never bow to anybody but, but my king. And so whatever it is that, that's going on right now in your life, like this is your chance to be like, man, I, I can't fight this on my own. Like I, I've tried, right? Who hasn't tried to fight stuff on their own? I'm trying to fight stuff on my own right now. And it's just literally taking that moment, instead of just punching my card for the month of communion, saying that all of us together, as people who love Jesus, like, I'm going to take my struggle, I'm going to take this insurmountable thing in front of me, and say, Jesus, like, I'm taking, I'm taking your sustenance and your strength, and I'm just, just take care of it, God. Just do your thing, because you're my life. Right? Jesus, I accept your rule. I accept your reign. I accept that you are who you say you are. That you are eternally merciful. You are perfectly just. You are always in control. And we look forward to the day of the full restoration. God, when we can, when we can drink from the river with you, God. So take your, uh, your wafer here. This is the body of Jesus. Jesus, we choose you. We choose you as our king, God. We accept you. We accept your purpose and to be your image bearers on the earth. We love you, Jesus. See you. Lord Jesus, we take the blood and we accept your sacrifice. We accept the gift of your grace, your very life given for us. Let's partake. Amen. And then every time from now on, Every time, remember. Remember what you're doing. Remember, this is not just something we do. This, this is something sacred. You guys, like, we, we just did something sacred here. Something powerful. And it's because it was about Jesus, right? Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, walk with us. God. Remind us, Father, every day of what you've done, 
God, remind us of your body, of your blood, of your life. God, of the past, of the present, of the future, and how it all ties together. And Lord, we can always rely on you in your faithfulness. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Hey, thanks again for joining us. If you have been blessed by Rise Church, be sure to follow us and share it on your social media. You can subscribe to a podcast. And if you haven't had a chance to give yet, you can do so at risechurchid.org or send a text message with a cash amount to the number 84321. And remember that the mission field is all around you. So go in the power of Jesus and bring that transformation for his glory.